Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 31, Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Errol Flynn. (laughs) I'm joined here by my benign co-host, former market maker of 20 years and present-day retail trader, a man who earned his stripes on the infamous House Street, breaking hearts and making millions, a man who in his lifetime has taken many losses but is not a loser, I'm talking about Saskatchewan's most eligible bachelor, JJ. How's it going? Good, brother. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, I'm ecstatic for our guest today. Uh, a man who's been described as one of the most versatile actors on TV. You might know him as Pastor Tim on The Americans, and you definitely know him as Dollar Bill Stern on the Showtime series Billions. But make no mistakes about it, his first love is the theater. Hailing from the great state of Oregon and a rabid Portland Trailblazers fan, I'm talking about Kelly Coin. Kelly, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Errol Flynn, huh? I like that. <laughs> I, had, I didn't know I was speaking to uh, Hollywood royalty on this podcast. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, 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 like, I, I like the history of Hollywood. Uh, yeah, interesting totally. character. So, you know, I would go with it. So, yeah, great. great yeah, he's a little, a little bit of a, a, bit of a sort of a rakish guy. Uh, uh, if i remember my history correctly he he is absolutely yes absolutely um so yeah you're grateful and honored you joined us kelly oh thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah man yeah i mean uh especially you know this unique time we're in right now so how's the whole quarantine social distancing lifestyle going for you um it's a change uh it's fascinating we you know we have a my wife and i have a um New York sized apartment, which most of you can probably translate correctly as small. Mm-hmm. Um, two main rooms that we both are currently in right now. I'm doing this with you guys, and my wife's teaching um, a class that she all of a sudden had to switch to online uh, mm-hmm. in the other room. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, someone was asking because she's a dancer and a, uh, she's a dancer, a teacher and a historical marine ecologist. So she wears a lot of hats. Oh, wow. uh, and when I'm working either on, on set or in, on a play, we're often uh, like ships passing in the night. It's hard to find time to, to actually see each other. And so there was <laughs> the person who was talking to me earlier was like, so is it is a little bit of a silver lining? You actually get to see each other. And I'm like, we're busier. She in particular is busier than she's ever been wow. because everyone is, you know, everyone's, in front of zoom i mean whoever owns zoom stock has got to be uh ecstatic right now uh, but yeah. um, oh, yeah. uh-huh. you know she's in front of zoom setting up the things that she has to actually do like you know she spent six hours three days in a row on a zoom chat with somebody trying to figure out how to translate her uh, her their their class into an online class and so now she's doing the class but that's like pretty much all week and I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. And we're, you know, we're going a little stir crazy. We, we live not too far from Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And we can, oh, okay. We can get out, get some air and still stay away from people and maintain the quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, like our, the circle's getting smaller and so I'm start, starting off dark, but the circle's getting smaller and smaller. Um, we, we now have multiple friends who have the virus oh. and then we now know people who have died from the virus. Oh. And uh, there's Sweet. nothing that brings anything close. I mean, it just, it just brings it all even, even closer home. And you look out the window and it's like, 
it's basically a ghost town until you Jeez. see packs of people jumping on each other and you're like you idiots <laughs> uh but anyway it's a, it's a crazy time for everybody and I, would you guys are you guys in new york no no i'm in, I'm in florida he's in uh he's in canada he's in saskatchewan <laughs> oh okay well geez yeah how are you guys doing i mean i know florida there's no um there's no mandated lockdown how's uh no I how's mean, that going I mean, as you probably seen some of the videos, man, like people yeah. are definitely not taking it serious, Kelly. I mean, mm-hmm. even when I briefly do go outside, maybe to get groceries or something, you, you know, what I'm seeing people congregated at parks playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it, I, yeah, I guess it didn't, it's not helping the cause, man. And I guess people don't really understand the magnitude, you know, of this. Yeah. And there's so much, I mean, I, I look, we don't, don't, you can stop me. I'm not going to get overtly political, but, um, but there's so many mixed messages and um, right. Right. And it's just, uh, that's, that's, that's the big, that, that will potentially be the biggest killer in my yeah. pessimistic mind. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think like the flow of information, right. It's like, how, I, well, one, no, no one was even prepared for this no. type of deal. And like the flow of information is just not, doesn't seem fluid. Um, and in your mind, Kelly, you know, I wanted, I, you know, I was going to ask you about this, but I guess while we're on the topic now, like, sure. like, what do you, what do you think, like, like going forward, where, where do we think we go from here or like maybe lessons we take uh, away from this? Oh, hell, I don't know, man. Um, my dad was in politics. Uh, he would be, he was a congressman, the seventies, eighties and early nineties. And he'd be one of the ones who would have to figure that out from here. Um, I don't know. Um, just in terms of my business, um, you know, we've been on hiatus now, billions has for two weeks. Um, and it's, uh, we'll see when we get back, you know, we're getting updates. So I, mm-hmm. we don't know right now, but we've shot seven out of 12 episodes. Um, but you know, my friends, um, in my community, people who, uh, you know, it's, it's the gig economy. I've got brilliant actor, dancer, writer, you know, theater, live performance friends who, did very well for themselves uh, made, you know, scratched out careers and actually and made and really made careers that could sustain them where they can sustain themselves. Um, and their gigs are all canceled now. And you've got lots of theaters and um, programming houses that, that program seasons, you know, they curate seasons. So mm-hmm. their the 2000, the 2000 season is gone pretty much now. And, they can't just postpone it to next year because they've already programmed 2021. So those shows and uh, that creative energy and, and those jobs are just gone. Um, and unless they can hold off for maybe three years until the next, uh, uh, the next openings are go to a different theater, but that everyone's going through the same thing. So, you know, that's the reality for me right now is, yeah. Uh, the, the question, I guess, for me right now and for all of us in that, economy is what do we do when is this going to get back to normal will it get back to normal will people feel comfortable going back into theaters and um you know you hope so uh and i believe that people will i believe people have a fundamental need to gather and hear stories told uh whether those stories are movement dance you know dancing words with theater or music stories are told in many different ways um so i do think that there's a the future in general is not bleak but the near future certainly is right 
Right, right. So I guess, I guess on a, a lighter note on this topic, how <laughs> are you? No, 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 no. I wanted to talk about this it. anyway, Kelly. No, 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 yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. No, no. Um, so involving this, so how are you doing with no, uh, no sports, no basketball? It, it, it's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's for sure. It's, it, it is, uh, it is definitely weird. Um, I'm not a big gambling man and I've got some buddies who love sports uh, even more than I do and, uh, and enjoy the gambling and exactly. they're going nuts, yeah. you know, someone's like, there's this video, these great videos of people creating um, little <laughs> obstacle courses with, with the, uh, you know, like, um, like dominoes, you know, to set up dominoes <laughs> through the house and whether or not yeah. they can get it all the way to the end. And there was one I just saw recently with a hair blower, a fan, <laughs> yeah. three levels of stairs and a, um, and a ping pong ball. And, um, <laughs> And when they made it at the end of this little cup at the bottom of the stairs, uh, the guy was like, finally. And I was like, oh, this would be awesome. Set up these, set up a thing like that and then have that guy, whoever it was or that woman who set up that particular obstacle course, take bets each time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, somehow hook it up and get place odds and I don't know, something <laughs> something to get people into sort of, like alternate sports oh i love it oh yeah Kelly. i mean i, I bet on everything man like uh yeah. oh do you yeah. oh I, on every i mean that, that's my background i was poker player now trader um oh sweet okay yeah and uh yeah no no some of my buddies are going nuts and um <laughs> you know i went over to you know one of my friends and he uh he bought an electronic horse racing Machine. <laughs> and we was at his house betting on the on the the horses going around the electronic oh my god track. that's hilarious <laughs> that is hilarious yeah no, no but so, I mean, the biggest thing for me is like i'm a trailblazer fan as you said yeah and um and i've gotten I, I know a couple of the players and i know a lot of the, the broadcast team um and i love those guys um and so it's hard for me not to see them it's it you know on league pass i always get the the local feed and I can hear mm -hmm. my, my buddies call the game and, um, oh, that's cool. you know, and so that's hard. And I know that they're hurting. Um, of course we were out of the playoffs, so maybe it's a good, <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> a little bit pain. of a mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I haven't seen anything Kelly. Have they made any like announcements about the first, like the rest of the season? No, but I, um, I have heard, uh, like I was just on Instagram live with, um, one of the, Friends, I was talking about Brooke Olsendam was a sideline reporter for uh, the Blazers and Serena Winters, who's sideline reporter for the uh, 76ers. Uh, we're doing an Instagram live thing and um, people were asking the questions of what they thought was going to happen. And I guess there are um, uh, discussions about, you know, obviously we heard maybe playing some games without fans. Um, but uh, I guess there are further discussions about that. And then maybe, you know, things apparently are on the table. We shorten the season. Um, to, to maybe 70 games or do they, um, do, you know, have the playoffs be five games each or do they do like, a, uh, I was listening to CJ McCollum on his, um, uh, his podcast. And he's like, you know, what do we do? Maybe we do a, um, a, uh, a college style playoff. Mm -hmm. um, but it has to be shorter no matter what, so that they can still get an off season. Summer right. league's probably out, um, but they're going to have to get an off season. So, yeah, I don't know. But um I'm 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 just uh, I'm just waiting for the Trailblazer Classic games to come on uh, League Pass so I can relive last season's playoffs. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, How about yeah. you? What are you guys doing? Like, uh, are you uh, are you what, are you missing any any sports in particular, or are you like all across the board? I mean, for me, I'm I'm primarily football. I'm real into football, and I, I was just seeing like even they were talking about um, some of the owners were saying they're not even sure if they're going to be able to go to training camp. Or, or like at least the mini, like the OTAs. Yeah. Um, 
we started in June, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy basketball, just not to the extent of football. I don't, I don't know. What about you, Jay? Oh man, I haven't been, I haven't watched sports in such a long time. Ever since I got into this He's, retail trade, I've been I've been oh, front of these damn charts eighteen hours a day, man. <laughs> he, he just references like nineteen uh, eighties football, like that. That's his. That's like, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still stuck in the 80s. I, I kind of missed 20 years of life. I was frozen, uh, like <laughs> Dr. Good, Evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, the 80s were a good year. That was the last era I really followed football all that much because yeah. Washington, I lived in D.C. at the time, and Washington oh, okay. great teams then, you know, Riggins oh, yeah. and yeah, Theisman. And three different Kobe. quarterbacks, three different Super Bowls. Yeah. Theisman, Rippin, and Doug Williams. Pretty oh, Doug amazing. Williams. Yeah. I remember? Yeah. Um, we took over for Jay Schrader, like, fourth or fifth game of the season, and everyone thought it was lost, and then we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, – it's uh, here's – well, interesting about football, or interesting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I play fantasy football with my buddies, and that has killed my love of the game. Of the <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't have any teams anymore. The first time I had a Cowboy player, a Dallas player on my roster – and I rooted for – and I needed him to score a touchdown for me to win the game. And they were playing Washington. <laughs> First time I, I realized I was rooting for the Cowboy to score, I was like, well, that's it. My family's uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it saves me a lot of time. I have my Sundays free. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's like, yeah, it like pits you against like your own team. Yeah, I, yeah, I know totally. that feeling. Yeah, that's funny. That's why I'll never, ever play fantasy basketball because I've grown up with the Blazers. That's always – my dad and I played – basketball he taught me to play basketball like that's my thing yeah um and uh i would it would kill me if i ever ever rooted against the uh the blazers like, like even you, like are you are you as big as a fan kelly that like when they lose like it like hurts like you're oh, yeah. like it takes you a little bit to get over it oh yeah oh god yeah um it, and the the more you know the closer to the playoffs and when it is the playoff playoff time I, like my wife is like she she knows it she's seen it for years but every time she she sees it again it's like oh my god are you are you crying <laughs> are you are you okay <laughs> it's like yes I'm fine <laughs> and when Lillard hit that shot um, from oh, 37 yeah. feet you know oh, yeah. I, I if you remember halfway through that quarter we were down 15 and that was a game where Nurk came back uh, Nurkish came back on the sideline. Um, first time we'd seen him since he'd had that gruesome leg injury at like the two and a half minute mark. And we were coming mm-hmm. back and it was so emotional. And when he hit that shot, I literally, I like, I was jumping up and down. I moved all the, the coffee table out of the way and everything. I was just jumping up and down and for before the shot. And, and she was on the couch kind of like hiding. <laughs> and, and I just jumped on her and I was just, I was just, I was a mess. Like tears, snot, laughter, you know, like everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's going down the history. That was crazy. That was, yeah. oh, that man. was nuts. That and was the nuts. wave, I mean, come on, the wave. And the thing that was so great about that too, um, so many things were great about that. But Russell Westbrook always has tried to get into Damian Lillard's head. Right. Always. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's like rocking the baby every, like every time he scores something. And then Lillard <laughs> has to sort of say, you don't rock the baby on a 15 footer. That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so he's doing it. And then guys who are normally decent guys, like Paul George playing with Russell Westbrook all sudden, suddenly became a dick. Mm-hmm. And like, he was like, Oh, it's a bad shot. Like, even if you think it was a bad shot, you don't say that. You can't say that at the end. Like mm-hmm. you got beat. And you yeah, got right. beat four games to one. So it wasn't just because of a bad shot, son. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's just anyway. like bitter at that point. Yeah, it's, I know. Anyway, yeah. I'm not. Uh, so it was nice. They were giving him so much shit. And the one game they won, you know, they were tapping their wrist like like Dame does when he hits in little time. And um, uh, the guy Schroeder was was all up in his face and everything. And so they they just were such little pricks to him the whole time <laughs> that when he hit that shot and he waved goodbye, it was just like, yeah, yeah, y'all y'all deserve that because he's a good guy. Like Lillard, he's not demonstrative in that way, and he is mm-hmm. not a bad sport. He is a gentleman on the court. But treat him like that, and you're gonna get some. So anyway, oh, yeah. don't poke, so, don't poke the bear. Yeah, no, don't poke the bear. So right. you know, not that I'm passionate about that particular game, but <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you grew up you grew up playing basketball, Kelly. I did. I mean, I'm I'm barely six feet tall, so I played it. I went to a very small high school in Washington D.C., um, and uh, so I played all the way through high school. But on the plus side, D.C. is a great um, has always been a great basketball town on the negative side against me. Um, I was a power forward at five eleven and three quarters. So that shows you how small the team was. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, it was great. We, uh, I, I loved it within my little, within my niche, I, I became pretty good. Um, and you know, enough to really love it and be competitive and, um, yeah, I miss, I miss it. I played for a long time pickup, but then, you get to a certain age and if you haven't played in five years, it's like, Oh, I can't, I literally can't move laterally anymore. <laughs> he said literally. He said literally can't. <laughs> I, I said literally laterally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but funny. you know, I can still shoot. I just can't, uh, I can't really play. If that yeah. makes any sense. The movement, yeah, the movement's not there. So, yeah. so when you were, when you were in high school, Kelly, were you into acting? was that something you knew yeah. you wanted to? Yeah. 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 I, um, Anyway, I wanted to be an actor from when I was like probably in junior high, um, wow. but I didn't tell anybody till I think maybe junior year, sophomore or junior year of high school. And, and weirdly, the guy who I told was my biology teacher <laughs> uh, <laughs> who was into theater. We went to a school where, it, it, again, it was a small school, but um, there were a couple drama people and some music people and um, the the biology guy was actually a former actor and he sang and he directed a couple one acts and things like that for the, that were that students were in. Um, and he was the one who had the most connections with people who had made careers, excuse me, they made careers as actors in New York. And so when I first told him, I was, I always expected people to be like, Oh <laughs> yeah, sweet little stupid kid. Um, and he was supportive and, he was the first guy who actually said the words, I think you can make it. And, oh, very and cool. that meant a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, awesome. And he gave me the confidence to tell my parents. And um, I think my, I lucked out in a way, my dad being a, a congressman, the one thing he never, the, the careers are different, although there's both in the public eye, I guess, on stage some uh, certain amount of the time. Mm-hmm. But he also had no job security. Every two years he could be voted out of office. Oh. So I, I think that that, made it slightly easy for easier for him to think of me getting into a field that you know mm-hmm. that had um, that had no security right right yeah no definitely um can relate to that like i telling you like come from a gambling background it's like you know yeah. you you don't you don't have security neither um yeah. <laughs> trading either <laughs> yeah right, exactly yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah, so, so go ahead 
Well, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's it, it's it, there's some there's some similarities, and if you it, when you hit, when you score, when you um, mm-hmm. when you have a great performance, you know there are there are huge rewards that people who don't risk as right. much right. Um, will never feel or get exactly. or receive. And you know, if I've I, uh, honestly, I've never felt more alive than being on stage during a scene or a moment or a stretch of three minutes where everything just more than just full, more than full plays, just like stretches that are just gloriously perfect and not perfect in that there were no mistakes, just like the mistakes didn't matter. Mistakes mm-hmm. didn't come into it. It was just mm-hmm. like you're in its mm-hmm. flow. That just yeah. thing, right. that flow state. elusive mm-hmm. things. Yeah, yeah. flow state. Yeah, and right there's place. nothing like that in the world. And yeah, I definitely, and, you know, people don't get into I mean, People who don't risk don't really get to feel that, exactly. I don't think. Yeah, he, he who dares, my son, he who dares. Yeah, he, exactly. You know. And, you know? Yeah, and well said. And a lot of people, you know, then, then there are downsides. There could be a, you know, a yeah. fucking virus and it destroys your industry. <laughs> so yeah. you never get to act again. But, you know, yeah. whatever. We'll no. figure it out. Yeah. So, so how, so how was your early career, Kelly? You know, uh, I imagine, uh, you know, or at least I hear acting, it's hard to like get in, to break in. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, did you hold other jobs at first? Did you get in right oh, away? Yeah. What was it like? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I had a very, I was the, the proverbial tortoise. Uh, I, I had some, um, well, after I left college, I did, I did not go to grad school, which, so I'm, I'm, I've never been in a, that sort of financial hole, which is good, but I probably lost a few years, you know, the, the connections made from, um, uh, from, um, grad school, the grad school process. I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, I, I drove around the country um, in a Volkswagen bus after college, um, sleeping in parking lots of some of the best hotels in the country. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and ostensibly I was supposed to be dropping off my resume at different theaters around the country. And I, and I did a few. And, but I ran out of money in Portland, Oregon, which is fortunately where my, my parents had a little one-room uh, one bedroom uh, apartment mm-hmm. and uh, my dad was back and forth, but I crashed there while I worked in a steel mill to make money to get back. Really? Um, and while oh. I was there for a month and a half, a month and a half. Yeah. I, um, I saw some audition notices and I auditioned for this one play in particular. I got in and I promised I would be back. This was summer. I promised I would be back for rehearsals right after Thanksgiving. Uh, and I did, I came back. Um, Flipped my car on the way over because I hit a, plat, uh, a patch of black ice. But jeez, oh, um, <laughs> this is an epic story. It sounds mm-hmm. like I'm bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, it, it sort of went sideways and hit uh, the median of the freeway that had about a foot and a half of snow. So it, came, it went down, and buses, you know, VW buses, are oh, really yeah. light. Yeah. So it came down really soft, and some guys in a four by four came and pulled me back over, and, and I was fine nothing you know very little damage wow. anyway so i did the play and that was my first and then i did the oregon shakespeare festival which is a big thing in regional theaters and that's when i thought oh i've made it i have made it and i'm gonna go down to la because that's where my girlfriend was and um didn't i didn't i could not get arrested uh, and <laughs> I, I did one play in two years or a year and a half um and what saved me, my, me and my eventually my career was that she, as a dancer, wanted to challenge herself against the best and decided we should move to, she was going to move to New York and mm-hmm. I followed. And even then it took me forever to 
to get anything that paid maybe five years. Um, but it still was the right place for me. I was still getting better, um, and learning and getting little, little, I I guess I had little tiny paying things, but nothing substantial. It was, it was after eight, nine, 10 years that I started really getting the types of gigs that led to the types of things I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So what, what like kept you going through and, and I think this is this could be related to like anyone in any type of profession right Kelly like because yeah. a lot of times people think like oh right away like you're gonna if, if I'm good at something I'm gonna be good at it right away and a lot of times yeah. it's like like you said and like I know I've read books on it like eight to ten years right the 10,000 hours etc whatever it is yeah what, but what, what kept you going like you know it took for to take you that long I think there were a number of things uh, we had financially speaking um, our situation in New York was extraordinary uh, mother of a friend from college uh, owned a brownstone outright since like 1970. Um, and she rented out the top floor to people. Um, and she gave it to us for a ludicrously low amount of money. Didn't need the money. She just wanted the company, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we were there for a long time. So we didn't have much overhead. So I could do like, I could be an extra uh, oh, or do nice. stand in work a couple days a week. And then Carolyn could get something coming in at the coffee shop she worked at or something. Uh, or I could do a catering gig and we would have our, our nut in like three days, maybe four. Oh, nice. um, so that made things uh, easier. It was like, she was a patron of the arts in a way. She didn't give us money, but she charged yeah. us very little. Yeah. So that helped. Um, the other thing is, I, I mean, I, I always had a sort of, had a weird dual way of thinking about myself and my talent. I, I always, I was, I was always nervous that I wouldn't make it. Um, I was always um, nervous like most artists are that I would be discovered as a fraud uh, mm-hmm. uh, at any moment. But I also weirdly thought, no, I'm good. It, it's, it's weird. It's hard to, it's hard to uh, explain that dichotomy. And I know there were enough people who along the way who at very strategic times who people I respected um, who would say, you're good. You're really good. You need it just, and they never had any advice about how to go about getting, um, uh, getting those gigs finally. But, uh, but it was just because I wasn't hurting financially. I was just sort of my, my nature is a little bit more romantic too. So I had this romantic sense of, no, we're going to make it's fine. Whatever's this, this is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, I was buoyed by those people saying, yeah, yeah, no, you, you have it, whatever that is. Um, and then finally just a couple, a couple breaks, you know, a couple things, a couple doors went down and, um, um, then, uh, TV wise, it was, um, it was a house of cards that started to, Get, put me on people's radar. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I had some of those people I, I was talking about who said, "Yeah, you, kid," um, <laughs> and then increasingly they stopped saying "kid," but um, that's just what happens. <laughs> uh, but um, a, a number of those people were casting directors in town, okay. and um, especially the independent casting directors, the younger ones who had maybe seen me um, when they were working for other um, more early established. Uh, casting people and went off on their own and they would get a show and they would keep me bringing me back to audition for that show. Uh, Suzanne Ryan for um, 
Law and Order. Uh, she's been working with the Law and Order franchise forever. She brought me in all the time. And her response to me, even when I didn't get the gig, was always heartening. And then a lot of these younger ones coming up who just kept trying to not force me on people, but just try to find me the right mm-hmm. uh, fit. And I would get enough feedback saying like, no, they, the, 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 the producers loved you. It's just not the fit they want mm-hmm. that. I thought, okay, that means that I really could have gotten this gig. There's yeah. nothing that I'm, I'm not inherently stupid uh, to try this out. I'm not being delusional. It's just a run of bad luck or, yeah, or uh, the right part. Yeah. Or the right part. And then, yeah. you know, there were a couple of times disheartened the disheartening things where I'd get a, a major callback and I know I, 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 you, I, I got, I used to think I was a terrible auditioner. I, I actually was fine. Um, but I got to the point where I could really do callbacks well. And then when I would get these in the midst of this period I'm talking about, when I would get a great callback, because the first audition went so great, mm-hmm. um, I, I blew a couple and I knew it. And that was the type of thing that made me, um, that, that those were the hardest things to deal with, actually. Um, where you know you you blew a really good chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a. I lived in Vancouver 26 years. A lot of my buddies are actors and casting directors oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. I I know what they go through. I was like, wow, man, like there you've got to be you got to be mentally tough to you know withstand the rejection. You know? Yeah, and it's tough for casting directors too. I mean, getting yeah. to know. Um, I'm, I'm friends with a number of, a number of them now, and you never really think of it that way. They mm-hmm. they're scrambling too, and it, yep. if they're not working for a network then they're scrambling to get enough jobs. It's exactly. just the right balance. Like I need yeah. two gigs. If I, yeah. if I do three, it'll be more money, but yeah. then I can't really do my job very well or something, you know, yeah. but Definitely. Vancouver's yeah, well, a great town for, for TV. And, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I was there through the whole X files. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those shows that I still regret not being on. Like uh, if I were, Oh, so, you would have been great on that show. I would have. Oh God, I was a North. You would have killed that. Come on, I yeah, would. You would have killed it. it. Yeah. I, the two of the shows I really regret not being on. The three actually. One's going to really date me, but um, it, the X Files, West Wing, because of my dad's yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. I love that show. And then uh, Saint Elsewhere. Oh yeah, of course. Did, did you watch that? Of course, I love that show because okay. my parents wanted me to be a doctor. I had no talent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you remember? Um, uh, did you ever watch The White Shadow? Yes, yes. Okay, the White Shadow. With, with that, it was like the guy, um, the guy who played Salami. Yeah. Had a um, role. Oh. The, the, one of the characters, the guy who played the center yeah. on the Carver High School team, yeah. played himself as an orderly uh, at the hospital. That's that was right. the same name and everything. And when yeah. the guy who played Salami was playing a different character, got into the elevator, he passed by him, and the guy says, Salami! And, he, <laughs> and the, the actor's like, no, you got the wrong, you got the wrong man, dude. Such a great little meta moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, this little The White Shadow. Loved that show. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, uh, <laughs> Kelly, listening to you, you know, talking about that, like, like, acting in the sense right like you have to probably be okay uh with rejection or i'm sure you're in time you got okay with rejection and it's like similar to trading right like we we're going to lose we're gonna have losing trades and we got to bounce back from it so so maybe what were some of like the methods or, or how did you handle rejection oh that's a good question i mean it 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 um it, my ability to successfully do that waxes and wanes definitely um but 
uh, I remember one of the, the first big break I was going to get TV wise. Um, I was on hold for like three weeks and then my wife and I went off on a Christmas vacation and first day, um, I think when we got off the airport, we got our car and we were driving to where we were going to stay and a phone call comes in from my manager and my wife has to take it, uh, because I'm driving and, uh, and she's like, Hey, what's the news? Cause we knew this was about the time it was coming. And then I heard a pause and I heard my wife's voice go. I think you need to talk to Kelly. <laughs> and I was like, Oh fuck. Uh, so we pulled over and she told me and, um, and that was, we had one day. I had one day where I was just, I couldn't be cheered up, but then it was fine. You know, it's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know what the method is. That case, it was, we're getting our first Christmas alone without family, without friends, just the two of us. And I don't want to ruin the vacation. So you you know, there's a, that, that sort of mm-hmm. that theory that you, you make yourself happy, you make yourself laugh yeah. um, until, and it's fake for a while. And then all of a sudden you are laughing. Yeah. It's actual yeah. laughter. And I, you know, that can work sometimes and not other times, but it worked in this case. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It depends uh, if it's in the middle of a good spell, then you, then it doesn't hurt as much if it's uh, cumulative. Uh, and it's the 10th in a row, 50th in a row, 100th in a row, then it gets, um, that could get you down, especially yeah. if you don't have another gig. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I've, it's been eight years now, uh, I think, that I've had uh, some version of of uh, security in the recurring role on the Americans and then being a series regular on Billions. I know that even if I screw up everything else, I'm, oh, I'm going to have this for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're in season five now and, and who knows how many more seasons that'll last, but it, it, it's, uh, it, it is amazing how much easier it is to go into an audition when you know that when they know your work security. already. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that they know you. And, yeah. and I get more, I get some offers now, which is nice. Um, nice. That helps uh, without auditioning, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Well, what about you guys? Like, is there, what is the, has this changed for you? Like, okay. And is it different? Is poker or any sort of gambling different than trading in terms of those, those whatever mechanisms yeah, you might have? I, I, in my opinion, no. Cause you know, and a lot of people, and this is my opinion, like a lot of people, cause, cause trading has more of a, what's like a correct, like an uh, acceptable lens in society. Right. So right, a lot sure. of, a lot of people don't even view it as gambling, but it really is. I'm, yeah. I'm betting whether I think it's going to go up or down. Right. Right. And so the mentality of like handling losses, in my opinion, is the same. And I don't know, Kelly, it, it's a tough thing as well. I mean, I guess I, I think the only thing for me that's always kept me going is just the passion for it. You know, like yeah. I, I can't see myself doing anything else, honestly. Yeah, definitely. And, and for me, yeah. I, I, I come from the institutional side of trading and now I'm a retail trader, but on the institutional side, it's not gambling at all because we're, we're the ones who are actually moving the market and, you know, like, you know, as you as a PM on the show, uh, portfolio right. manager, you guys are the ones who are moving the market. So we're, I came right. from that side to this side, which is, you know, it's, it was quite a change, but I still yeah, love the game. That, yeah. 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 That's well, that's, and that's a key thing that I didn't mention. You're right. It's like the really literally not being able to see myself doing anything else or see yeah. yourself mm-hmm. do anything else. That is uh, that'll get you through a lot of down times. <laughs> Cause it, Definitely. it would take a lot to get me to start looking elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know? 
Right. Definitely. I can't even imagine what that would be. Speaking of uh, what it's, it's funny. I was just sort of chuckling because you said, because you, you referenced me as a PM and I was, I was like, who's he talking to? He's talking about, <laughs> oh, me on the show. Right. Uh, just because I, you, you will never find, I don't think you're going to find another actor who knows less about finance than the one you're talking to on the phone right now. It's you crazy. nail the part <laughs> to <laughs> the T. You remind me of all my buddies back in the day. And that's exactly what we were like, you know, and I, I'm going to get into it. I'll let, I'll let Ray finish, but I mean, I, I love that show because it reminds me of home. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's nice. That's, yeah. that's an, I've never heard anyone say it that way before. That's nice. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, just, it's just well done all around. I mean, Brian and David, um, they know what they're doing. And yep. Rounder, I love them from Rounders. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. one of my favorite movies. Um, so many just Finally great getting quotables. It finally getting its due too i mean maybe that's because of the success of, of billions but i always right. thought it for a long time i thought it was a really under the oh, radar classic very, people, very people who knew movies and gambling loved it but not everyone necessarily knew it oh yeah, and the acting talent in that you know, oh come on oh my yeah. god yeah oh yeah ridiculous such yeah. a great script too yeah no i love working but that's the thing like these guys and um and and the writers room they create such vivid specific characters and scenarios and dialogue that I know what I'm doing in the moment. And they've sometimes had, they've had, um, uh, they've had people on who are sort of dramaturgs, you know, who, um, who will, uh, will work with the actors so that if there, if there's a question that we don't really know what we're talking about, there's someone we can call and ask. We can also do that with Brian and David. Um, they're great. And they're like, no, any question. I don't care if it's, don't feel stupid if it's tiny. Yeah. Just, and that's, that goes with trading that goes with, um, any of our pop culture references mm-hmm. um, and any uh, sports references, anything. Um, so yeah. you know what you're doing, what you're talking about in the moment. But I swear, after I wake up the next morning, I'm like, oh, now tell me what, what supply side is again. You know, <laughs> no, I'm what, telling you, I am telling you, a dollar bill. I mean, and I'm going to go into billions right now for a little bit. Go, go Because the, here, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I grew up on, that, on the desks trading on the phone, like that episode when you guys lost the phones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brought out the burners. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm home. You know, give, <laughs> me, give me three phones. Let's go, baby. And you brought out the Philofax, yeah. you know, and oh, yeah, there's some beautiful women. And then somebody said, yeah, and they're grandmothers now. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's Ray with me now in the trading room because I'm the old guy, right? <laughs> so, hilarious. yeah, the beautiful women are, oh, yeah, they actually are grandmothers. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it's, um, you know, and I love that show because you are exactly uh, like cut from the cloth. I don't know who wrote that character, but there are bits of that character that I have friends that I could introduce you to and you would see Dollar Bill, like the cheapest guy, ten, yeah. $10 million and he takes two grand out for his out of, out of the fun. <laughs> I've, got, I've got guys like that. You know, I had my, one of my mentors was worth about 30 million bucks and he drove a 79 Cadillac Eldorado. I love that. I love that. You know, love that. and he, every time he would just get it redone every like couple of years, right. you know, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, they wrote these characters. They, they, there's nothing that we do on the show. Um, uh, dialogue wise that is unscripted. Um, there's no, okay. uh, improv. No, there's no nothing, <laughs> but you know, obviously we take this and we, um, uh, with their guidance, if we are off base, um, but we do what we do, which is interpret and, and, and bring character out. But the writing is so crisp and so um, 
I mean, brilliant to me uh, that it gives you all early on in particular, when we really were looking for clues to who these characters were, it gave you everything you needed. I mean, I only had what a handful of lines in the pilot, but the description, you know, and the oh. nickname Dollar Bill, and he's the cheapest Dollar. millionaire. And oh yeah, cheapest I'm millionaire. Sort of, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm sort of I'm sort of stabbing the, my friend the pouch. Remember that character? Oh, pouch was great. Back a little bit. Yeah. It's like oh, there's so much. I actually I, I've said this before. I actually turned the the audition for this character down. Yeah, I auditioned for another bigger character. I turned it down because I thought ah, it's not even. It doesn't even say recurring character, and it's only a few lines. I don't think so. And over the oh. weekend read the description again, thought about it, read the script, noticed the people who were involved in the project. And I was yeah. like, I think I need to get it. So, well, yeah, my favorite characters are dollar bills, number one, and then wags. Right. Oh, of course. Oh, I mean, cause I, I mean, I had a wags, you know, you know, we had, we had a dollar bill, we had a wags and then, um, but, and then hall, I love hall. Because, oh yeah. Because my clients were like hall. I had oh, a lot of, yeah, th- those were my clients. <laughs> That's interesting. So you had yeah. clients that you didn't know if you turned your back, they'd kill you. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I treaded, I treaded in the other under $20 world. So I, my oh, clients made the wolf of wall street look like the lamb of wall street. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, yeah, Lex Luthor looked like Mary Poppins. That's how they, uh, they were. Wow. Yeah. Like some of them were ex spooks. Uh, um, you know, guys like that Gregor guy. Um, I had yeah. guys like that. Uh, wow. You know, yeah. So I, I, I've got some pretty crazy stories, but it's just, you know, you hit that so well. And then with Spiros, the, the, the compliance officer, <laughs> yeah, when you yeah. rammed his Porsche with your minivan, <laughs> I was just, every trader around the world just stood up and cheered when you did that. Right. You know, like, we just were like, Oh, we love dollar bill. Right. Like, because fuck that, compliance. that is our, that was our fantasy every day. Right. Right. And uh, see, we had a compliance offer that we, we could bribe. We would run trades in his sister's account. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, so we That's had brilliant. That. Yeah, that That's was, brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was just beautiful, you know. And that, the, was, that was one of the most cathartic things I've ever done. Oh. Uh, not only as an actor, but as a human person. Um, just because I got to do the actual smashing of the car. The, the stunt people did the first one which okay. was a, a long drive from like, you know, a hundred feet away or whatever we were. <laughs> and then I got to do 20, I got to smash a freaking Porsche yeah. 25 times. And it was just, we, Steve Kunkin, who plays Spiros and I bonded so deeply that episode because it was just so much rage on both characters part, you know, oh, and so yeah. much like so much energy. And, and even like when I was doing that, Fuck yeah. issue, yeah. you know, <laughs> He got behind. He got behind the car, and he was like, like, like goading me, so he would oh, get yeah. more out of me, you know, off camera. And, um, was, and he was, nails compliance oh, to so the core. Yeah. You know, he just yeah. nails that part. Like, yeah, there's think, so many, so much talent on that show. I think he might be a comic genius. Uh, he's great. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's. I love having scenes with him. I love the sort of odd couple um, dynamic that Dollar Bill and Spiros have. And, oh yeah. Um, you know. it's a it's a great group for for a i say this all the time too but honestly for a show that's so much about human toxicity yeah. <laughs> and about, in some ways just terrible people um it's uh it's just a group of lovely lovely people oh, you know yeah. like, like the 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 cast and the crew it's his family i was there the last nice. night for the last shot that we did before we took the hiatus 
And it was amazing the love around the room of just oh, everybody, nice. you know, be safe. If you need anything, let, let's stay in, you know, let's make sure we keep talking to everybody. And it's really, it's a great place to go to work. Well, like the, and the other thing that, that you nail and, and you've never I like even hearing worked, that stuff. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you is the loyalty factor to acts, right? Oh yeah. See on yeah. my business card, it used to say your secrets will die with me. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I get that. I get that right away. Right. You know, dollar bill would take a bullet for actually when he takes off his pants, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, okay, put your pants on. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the yeah. idea I was, I was talking to Brian and David about like, so why does he, like, why is he doing, I mean, what, what's the, let's, let's get into this a little bit more. I mean, I knew ostensibly why, but just the idea that, and he misinterprets what Ag said. Yeah. He thinks Axe is saying you're wearing a wire. Yeah. And which isn't what he says at all. Um, but he's like, That I can't that's yeah. insane. Oh what yeah. Here? Like I would let never me, do that to you, you know. Yeah, so let me yeah. show you on the street. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like so it yeah, they they're very they're very good. And Dollar Bill's a secondary character, so there's not you know, there aren't tons of major story arcs for him. But when they do have them, they're so crisply and finely drawn. Oh, um, the, that the, there's so much to sink your teeth into and the chicken you know the, the chicken episode <laughs> oh my god so. because i have done things for to, to protect the profit and so i totally get the motivation right. you know and that was right. just you know and then the, then of course the the uh, jack nicholson chinatown reference oh, at the end. oh that dude, was just nailed it you, do you know? know how hard we worked to get the like even if you look side by side uh, the 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 way I turned back around and the way yes. wags and the way yes. um, uh, Damien like touched my shoulder and all that. We tried to get the timing down exactly the way they did it in the yeah. movie. And we got pretty damn close actually. No, I mean, um, any, anyone who's ever sat on a trade desk or, or worked in, in situations like that, there are, there's so many parts of that character. And it's amazing that you would think that you've never actually worked or even probably stepped foot on a trading floor before this. I have uh, actually, we've been on, oh. uh, I've been, um, to the stock exchange three times now. Okay. Um, so I met a bunch of people and we've rang, we rang the bell and that was fun. Um, but no, I've never traded. Um, I, I get brain freeze when I'm trying to do my own taxes, you know? Um, <laughs> but again, we have good people, great writing, great actors, um, but mainly the writing um, and, and the directors um, who really, make sure we know exactly what we're talking about in the moment. Oh, and we yeah. do our research, of course. But And, and there was but. one thing that you got, and, and this really got me. This was like, this shows that there's somebody who really knows their stuff on that show. When the phones went down and you said, I got a buddy in Toronto we can do some selling through. Right? Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> I used to be that guy for the U.S. <laughs> traders, right? <laughs> cool. And we used to call that a jitney, right? Where you'd yeah. sell through somebody else so they didn't know where it was coming from. So I was the guy who did that for people. And so I was like, wow, somebody really hit the nail on the head with this. You know? Oh, that's great. So yeah. you're my guy. I yeah. Love <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so so, so in, in preparation for the role, Kelly, um, you know, we, we spoke a little bit before we got on here um, about like Tony Duff, you to, to get inside the heads of these guys, because you said not knowing nothing about finance. These were the type you talked to, like, like what type of research did you do yourself? I didn't, um, I honestly didn't do a ton of research before the, before the, the, the role started. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, 
went to scores. I, uh. it was, yeah. <laughs> no, it just, it, again, it was so specifically written, like what I was, what I was supposed to do, what was in my head and what I meant, what I was, what the character was doing in the moment was so completely obvious on the page. Um, but then, yeah, I did. I, I meeting Turney and reading his book, um, <laughs> was, was great. And, uh, I remember one time Turney saying something like, uh, like I did a take and he's like, Kelly, do you know, do you know what you just said? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> and so, you know, you get some of that. And, and also, uh, obviously, the guys are going to be, um, uh, Brian and David are going to be making sure you know. I mean, and they expect you to know what the references yeah. are when you come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your own research combined with asking questions um, before you get to set. Uh, one of the things I really appreciate about this set is that everybody, we know our lines. I've been on lots of sets where, um, you know, a take will go like, so I think you really need a uh, line. Okay. Oh. So I think you really need to get on the pl- uh, line uh, and it goes on like that. And it's just mm. sort of granted a lot of times it's a New York show and they're writing the scripts in uh, LA. And so they get them in the morning when they wake up on some of the last changes, but still it's um, this is a show where everyone shows up, not only off book, um, but an, enough off book and have thought and, and having thought about the scenes enough that they could play and you can get multiple different takes and multiple ways of doing it. And so it doesn't waste time. Um, and that's when magic can happen as an actor. You can't be like, you can, you can often tell when an actor, uh, you can see behind his eyes, his or her eyes, there's something sort of, uh, uh, glassy and probably mm-hmm. means they're searching for lines. Oh, okay. um, but if you're really into it, if you know those, then you're free to play Then you're free mm-hmm. to react differently and not think, you know, you fully can think, what, wait, what do you mean by that? Or whatever. And, and that was my best acting ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, as opposed to what the fuck is my next line, you know? Yeah. And they, and they want, there's no paraphrasing on this show. Like I said, there's no improv and there's no paraphrasing. Um, yeah. They want you word perfect. And, um, and it's such good writing. Like it is there's nothing I could do to make it better. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know. I'm going to memorize my fucking lines, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you could see the clues of Turney in, in some of the stuff there, you know, um, like the short oh. squeeze one. Right. Um, oh, I, the, I don't know if Turney had anything to do with writing uh, that's, the scripts, but that's um, a good, that that's from right out of his book with the, the telco. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's you awesome. know, and the Admiral fund, right. Um, uh-huh. that's straight out of his book too. Turney and I met in 98, um, okay. in scores, uh, <laughs> with a bunch of sales traders from night. That's how I, that's how I know him. And that's why he's yeah. been on the show. Love that's it. Great. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. And if, and honestly, if I can plug my buddy, our buddy, uh, anyone out there listening should read the buy side. It's oh, a great, great yeah. memoir. That's really that's gripping. I don't read a lot of nonfiction and, but it, it, uh, it, it, it cooks. The story's great, oh, and there's a lot of suspense really to it. It really is, and yeah. So I'm surprised, like even for someone who, I mean, he was a trader, background as a trader. You know, just the way he wrote the book. I just yeah. thought I was it was real impressive from from that standpoint. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's honest too. He really bears his soul. You know, he never lets himself off the hook either. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like it's fascinating. It's a brave piece yeah. of writing, um, exposing himself and and what happened and how he was. Um, how he was, how much of it he was responsible for himself, and yeah. Um, but you also his his heart and his um, 
his his great his great soul not to get spiritual but yeah no, he's a sure. great soul and he is. um that comes through in every moment so you're still you're always rooting for him mm-hmm. um love the duff <laughs> yeah and he's i know he writes he's we works on scripts all the time and he's got i mean we've talked some uh, he's told me some of his ideas and um and i've read some of his other pieces and he's just he's a great writer he's great i can't yeah. wait to do a, a movie with him or something you know yeah oh yeah oh yeah no yeah it was it was absolute he was i mean he was super nice jay when he came on we had a lot of fun um, right. yeah looking forward to you know getting him back on here um you know kelly so you know everybody like i I, everyone is just loves Brian and David. I don't ever hear anyone say anything bad about them. Obviously they're great yeah. writers, but they, I guess they're solid guys too, huh? They're fantastic. Um, they're funny as hell. Um, it's great being around them because they are, um, you know, they've been best friends since I think, I think 14, 12, something oh, like that. Wow. Since that's they were right. young teenagers wow. at, at the latest. Um, and so that's infectious and it's interesting to be around two guys who, the personalities aren't exactly the same by any stretch, but they're, there's, they're complementary. Like they, you, it, you get the sense, or I often get the sense that they, they probably have a shorthand, you know, they probably, they're, they're probably, they probably don't even need to speak in complete sentences and they'll know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, it just seems seamless. And um, so it, they're, they're great. I love, I love my bosses. Very lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I like, I like what he's been doing on uh on Twitter with the, what do you call it? The Royale, the, uh, <laughs> the coffee. Cup of coffee in the morning. I see you've yeah. been participating in that. <laughs> yeah. It was a great yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. We're all stuck separate. Let's be alone together. And, um, here's, let's take a picture of yourself with your first cup of coffee. I never knew it was called first cup of coffee was called the Royale. I don't know. Did, did he that? coin that? Did he just that make that thing? up? I think he just made it up, right? He so easily could have made it up because his brain <laughs> comes up with awesome things, but, yeah. uh, or, or it's, like it's something that like when I'm around him and, and, and like, I don't know, like some of the other guys on set, it's like, wow, I'm sort of less than a man, less of a man than I really should be. Like I don't gamble. Right. I don't really, I haven't really been into boxing. Except, uh, oh, that was I, I a good one. Oh, that Deont- was a great episode. Yeah. And I met Deontay Wilder on that. So I became a huge Deontay Wilder fan. Um, yeah. And, yeah. uh, but I like, and, and so I was like, oh, great. The Royale is just another cool thing that the George Clooney and Brad Pitt of my show knew. And I did. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I'd be curious to know. Yeah, that's funny. All right. So, so I just got some kind of like general acting questions, Kelly. Um, so how often are you pleased with yourself? Like, do you, do you know, like, immediately, <laughs> like, like, like when you're done with the scene, do you know if you like killed it or not, or, or you're not, no. you're unsure until you actually watch it? My, my, my immediate, immediate answer is no, uh, I don't. Um, but it, it is a, it's a mix. It's that same thing. It's a version of that same thing I was describing from earlier in the career and why I didn't quit. Um, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a, there's a, an uncomfortable feeling that uh, and this happens in every play process i'm into okay this is the one where i get exposed this is the one where they realize mm-hmm. that i am um uh, i'm a fraud and I'll, I'll never i'll never act again <laughs> um but at the same time there has to be a level of i don't think it, it doesn't have to be cockiness although that could work for some people but uh of of confidence that allows you to be audacious in the moment and, okay. and, and not in any way apologize for it. And by apology, I don't mean verbally. I just mean in your actions. I mean, you can see somebody um, 
whether it's an acting student or an actor or just someone in conversation who's sort of backfooted about things and sort of um, their 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 breathing is not quite you know they're not quite grounded um, and that is often what I call apologetic acting um, and you just have to find a way to be audacious and and in the moment say fuck it I am the I am the best actor <laughs> the best actor you're ever mm -hmm. going to see and then you can sort of it's the same thing as you know, laughing fake laughing until it's real you you can convince yourself of that in the moment and not in a competitive way I don't really mean it that way but um, in a way that is exhilarating and then you feel you it, it, you, you sometimes find flow you sometimes find stuff that's just good enough but you find the thing that makes it work it's it it's this is why my rambling answer now is why i've never been a particularly good teacher acting teacher because i don't know how to describe it particularly well um well, well there's, but yeah there's, it, there's some things i don't think can be explained with words though at the same time right like yeah i mean i i am i, I didn't listen possibly because I didn't go to grad school. Um, there's a lot of language that I just did. I'm not, I mean, I know it, I've, I'm vaguely familiar with it, but I'm not, but it, it's not how I prepare a character. Yeah. Um, and so for me, oftentimes when you, uh, when you talk about it too much, you, you kill it, uh, whatever that spark is, as soon as you name it, then you're trying to come at it at a, in a different way that is more maybe result oriented or, or, um, but it's not alive. Uh, it's now intellectual as opposed to something that's in your bones. And that for me, different for other actors, I'm sure, but for me, that kills it. Um, and then I become every, I mean, it just, it, it, it becomes an intellectual exercise. It uh, sometimes it's even as silly as, Oh, I've told them what I'm trying to do now. And now they're judging. Oh, that's what you thought that was. You know, it's kind of like, if you're flirting with the with a with somebody and having them be like, "Oh, is that your sexy face? Oh, great!" You know, <laughs> it's just it's it's oh, just a, it's a weird dynamic. It's yeah. it's a very delicate thing. I know that sounds silly, but it is. It's a delicate thing to make something, and it has to be. You have to find the magic in it, and mm -hmm. um, other people approach it differently. But that's that's me. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. It's kind of like Jay, like, like, I think like equating it to like trading, right? It's like we, we talk about we make like football analogies, right? Like if you're going to, uh, if we're gonna make a mistake, right? Or if we're worried about a mistake, we're gonna make a full speed. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you gotta run it up the middle, you know, sometimes you just, I, especially in, in your in your craft, I think, because it's, it's so, it is a craft. And, uh, yeah. and I think, like, you know, just because I, I'm just blown away um, at how accurate dollar bill is and and how you play him because it just it, it just honestly it takes me back to 1997 right and, and and it's just you know and i feel like i'm there and um that for a guy who was on a desk you i miss that more than air itself <laughs> and and <laughs> you bring that home right which is and mm -hmm. you know the other characters because we didn't have quants like we didn't have the tailors and all that sort of stuff so it was mostly guys like dollar bill and pouch and and you just um and, and i think i don't know if you actually sat next to like traders and observed them for periods of time or but no. you just nailed it see and you didn't even have to do that that is that is pure talent right? oh thanks man i really That's, i do appreciate that i mean i did meet 
um, I met, they'd bring some guys on set yeah. and you get to meet and talk to some people, but um, I didn't have access at the time to, uh, uh, to sit on the floor or something. It would have been fun to do. I actually, uh, I've had a couple of people say, if you want to, if you want to follow around, uh, please do. And so I actually yeah. may take people up on that. Um, but no, it means, that means a lot. I, really. I mean, you could probably imagine like, you're in the field. Yeah, uh, you were in that business, and oh and, yeah, and so and if it it's was, resonating, that's great. And it was the best time of my life. Never made huh. so much money. Never yeah. had so much fun. I mean, every day was <laughs> like Animal House, and <laughs> and I loved every second of it. And so when you when I watch that show, it just oh, it just makes you feel good. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Cool. Uh, yeah, that is that is so, so. Kelly, how much? I guess kind of while we're talking about this, how, how much do you think is Acting is innate talent versus work ethic. Oh, uh, that's always the that's always the question, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think then um, I could change my mind tomorrow, but I, mean, I think it, it's both. Certainly, it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it easier if you have innate talent, but the the but you have to you have to work at it. If you right. want to have a sustained career, I think right. that's why so many brilliant, um, even movie stars, um, have strong theater backgrounds. Um, you know, the ones who really, not necessarily the ones who become move. I mean, like working actor movies, movie regular movie people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Richard Jenkins, or um, or uh, of course now I'm blanking on names, um, but. Uh, you're going to have certain people who will make it just because they're gorgeous and uh, there's some chemistry they have with the audience, but they're, they're a handful of those people, the ones who actually make it and and have interesting careers and and play interesting roles are often people who had theater backgrounds and those people inherently have to work at it to make careers. Um, That said, what innate talent actually is can be a sort of mercurial thing right it uh i someone looks at an uh, at some actor who just doesn't do it for them and they think they're bad how many stories have we heard of some of brilliant people who are like i think steve buscemi maybe i'm probably making that up but steve buscemi i think said someone told him that you know you'll be an actor when hell freezes over so oh. somebody like that mm. someone with like mm-hmm. a really good solid career who's like oh he's fantastic but yeah. oftentimes maybe it's because he's really quirky or she's really not quite the normal type and, mm. and people without much creativity of their own um, pigeonhole them as mediocre talents when in fact it's just different. Um, and I mean, it's one of the reasons why I was glad I didn't go to grad school. I didn't do well in classes. I, I learned a lot more easily working with other actors or with directors. Um, and, this grad school always seemed to me to be a place where they tried to teach you to act a certain way. I think I was wrong about that, <laughs> knowing other <laughs> actors who've gone through. But uh, but certainly there are people who try to do that to you, and um, they're not going to be able to see innate talent necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, someone who you someone thought was was who had no talent might actually be a brilliant actor if they were just given a chance. And so so it's hard. It's hard to know. It's not a science. Um, right. Right. But hmm. interesting. So, so yeah. Kelly, so you, you, you kind of, um, you came up through the theater, correct? Yeah. Now, now f- for people who, I guess like really respect the art of acting, isn't theater kind of considered a little bit more of a, 
what's the word like a harder harder craft a harder craft correct yeah i don't i don't think so i mean i think you have snobs everywhere of course uh-huh. <laughs> you're gonna have some theater actors who are like who think that's the only real acting but they're both hard in their own ways um it took me a while to figure out what the difference was um, like my early if i look at some of the early stuff i did on tv or indie movies or something uh, I could never figure out why I just was like, yeah, it's serviceable, but I'd have, I know, I knew I could really kick ass, nail it on stage. And I didn't know why I couldn't translate that. Um, part of it is that there's, there's no rehearsal, you know, um, it's great to have take after take after take, but it, that can't for me, it, it just can't replace three weeks to three to five weeks of rehearsal Mm-hmm. Um, where you, you know, it's like you jump off, you jump out of a plane, you know, like you know what you're doing. It's a free fall, mm-hmm. but you know, okay. you know where you're going. Um, but I grew. So for a long time, I thought ironically that, that screen acting was harder. Um, now mm-hmm. that I'm doing both of them more equally, I think they just have their different, uh, they just have their different, uh, uh, challenges um, and it's fun to go back and forth and there's so many theater tv coming and mass to new york i think is one of the best things that happened to both theater and tv mm-hmm. like so many of the shows that i think are the best acted are shooting here um or in other theater towns you know like chicago or london there's great stuff coming out of london um and that's because there's this there was just this group of actors that was a largely untapped well of actors from the theater who now could be fresh faces on TV shows. And there were just more TV shows everywhere. There's more content. Yeah. Uh, and conversely, the, the money that came in could sustain theater actors so that they could continue their theater habit. Most of those shows shot, you know, if you were a regular, it was only six months out of the year because it was a 12, you know, 10 to 13 show episode model as opposed to 20 or 18, you know, on the, the network model. So you could then sustain a, a theater career as well. I, I'm generally able to do like a play a year, uh, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that's a convoluted uh, non-answer, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And I, and I love them both. I, 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 I would have said, I think theater will always be my, it's always, it's my first love. And I, so it's always going to be special in that way. But because I've had a chance to with the Americans somewhat and billions more um, work so many episodes, the backstory of of the episodes that we've shot already sort of take the place of a lot of rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to rediscover the character from scratch. You just have to rediscover, you have to discover what's happening in this moment. Um, So there's an equivalency now in terms of my love and appreciation. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, so with, with, with the actors that you've worked over the years, do you, you have, do you have, I'm sure obviously like yourself, right? You can tell you're passionate about the craft of it. How many actors are there that are maybe in for more of like superficial reasons? Oh God, I don't know. Um, I fortunately haven't had to work with many of them. So okay. I, um, it's hard to know. I mean, and, and it's also, I get, I get um, hesitant to judge because there could be people who, who present in a way that's more cavalier um, 
maybe that's just their defense. Maybe that's just how they sure, feel yeah. comfortable in a room. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, all I want is, all I want is people who will play ball to use a, a sports metaphor. Yeah. I want to come in and this sort of answers the question you asked before about um, uh, something along the lines of essentially like if you're not feeling it, like it, how do you create, how do you, I guess you were saying, do you nail it? So whatever, I'll answer a different question that you didn't ask, but you know, <laughs> it, it, a way, if you're not feeling it to actually get a good performance out of yourself is to play ball with your scene partner. Their okay. energy is going to help you um, right, uh, pull something out. Like in acting, best acting is listening. And it's really hard to just really listen. If you've done the take 15 times and it's really late, you've been on the set for 16 hours, to really listen for that 15th take, uh, although we don't get that many takes on TV, but still, to really listen. And even though you know exactly what the person's saying, it's sort of a paradox. But um, But that's... That's how you get a good scene that's kinetic, that's magic. Um, and those are the actors that I don't, you know, I've worked with people who I thought, I'm really not going to like this person. This person is just, a, this is a shit show. And then you get you get to um, act with them in a scene and it's like, oh no, you care. And you're focused with me. You're connected with me. You are being a generous actor. You, you are, uh, you're playing ball. And that's all I care about. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. All right, just got a, just a few more miscellaneous things, Kelly. Sure. And we'll wrap this up. Um, I saw that you um you appeared on The Sopranos. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, what was that? What was that experience like? And then also, what what's your take on the ending? Obviously, you know that was a controversial thing. The ending? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So first of all, um, I I've never okay. I had not seen The Sopranos except a handful of episodes until earlier this year <laughs> I started watching. And I tweeted that I was going to start. And my boss, Brian Koppelman, was like, wait, really? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I tweeted back, like, I'm, I'm fired, aren't I? And he's like, kind of? Kind <laughs> of. Yeah. Um, so I'm only through uh, the episode uh, where, uh, he, where, where he takes his daughter to um, – to uh, took the college to visit the college. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do know about the ending though, yeah. and I've seen the scene because you can't miss it. It's been yeah. what ten years now. Yeah, more. Um, yeah, more. Yeah. Wow. It strikes me as brilliant, but I'm not. I don't feel like I really have a, a leg to stand on in the yeah. argument. Right. Um, yeah. Right. But I think it sounds brilliant. So my. So I don't know if you saw the episode. The one I did, I had one line. Um, it was pouring down rain fake rain but uh-huh. i um dread D'Amato and the woman the fbi agent who was her handler oh, were in a car we yeah. come screeching up i'm with a stunt man who does some crazy driving i thought we were gonna die um i jump out of the car in the rain run into uh, the back of their car and i listen to something and then I, I just i look really mad yeah and i hand a photo over the over to the front and i say was was this man with him and she says yes, and I look even madder, and I run out, and the car screeches off, and that was my that was my soprano. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> and they, they said it was going to be a recurring character, but never was. Oh, I, I I didn't I didn't look mad enough or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, does, that, does that does that happen often? Like like they'll tell you you have like a reoccurring role, and then nothing. I think what happens is yes, but I think oh, what happens yeah. is they they think it's going to be a recurring character, especially with recurring stuff. It's it's. Um, it can be hard to know where storylines are going to go. 
like blacklist. Um, I was supposed to be on again for the second for that next season um, oh, as okay. the Russian dudes. Um, yeah. Um, attache. Yep. But then they just didn't call, and I was like, oh, oh. I guess. And I had I think I had four episodes, and it was it was fun. I loved being on it. Um, I love that show. That's because I, I, I was like the concierge of the under twenty dollar market, so I identified oh, a lot sweet. with Raymond. <laughs> That's great. That's I great. was like, That's I was it. the guy you need. You need this. You need to hide something. Yeah, yeah. You call me. You know. Wow. Yeah. So you, you need to write a book. I am. He is. He is. Oh, you are. <laughs> You're like I know. I am. No, it's just just crazy. I always just find myself in weird situations. That's fascinating, man. And then you got to you got to come up with a series of your own, <laughs> or a movie or something. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It, it's good. He's got some stories. I've re- I've read some of the manuscript already. That's no, cool. It's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. What else was I going to ask you? Oh, okay. So so House of, House of Cards. I mean, you you do really. Yeah. I, I forget the actor's name, but you guys oh. really do look like brothers. Um, that's yes. really funny. Yes. Michael, Michael Kelly. Michael yes. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 a great dude. Um, and I did all my scenes with him. I didn't act with anybody else. Uh, oh wow. Okay. Except except a buddy of mine actually who came up. She played my wife, and there was one episode where she and I traveled together, and we saw her. That was that was fun. But yeah, it um it I'm sure it helped me get the part. Um, it was uh, I didn't know what I was auditioning for. They had dummy scripts. Um, that approximated the same sort of emotionality that we had in, in the big oh. scene in my first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I loved it. He's, he was my favorite character in the show. So mm-hmm. it was fun. And he's a great dude. He's a great guy. Um, it was, uh, and it just being on that show, it was even more, it helped even more, I think, before the episodes aired because Nobody knew if Stamper was alive. Yeah. They just knew that I was coming on on IMDb. I was listed as 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 Stamp. My last name was Stamper, so it was like a lot of mystery. I think some people thought maybe it was going to be. It was amazing the doors that opened and the people who said, "So what are you doing on House of Cards? You're Stamper, oh, you're wow. Stamper's brother." Yeah, and I'd nice. be like, "Well, I can't say." And so I think maybe some people thought it was going to be like a huge role like oh, Corey okay. Stoll in the first season or something. Um, and I did not disabuse them of that thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kelly, I gotta, I, I gotta give you extra thanks, man. Cause I, um, there's, it's fine. I, there's some girl I've been trying to, you know, you know, win her, win her over for a while and she loves house of cards. Oh. And I told her you were coming on the podcast. And so I, I think that might, you know, uh-huh. I hope my chances a little bit. She was really excited. She's like, Oh no nice. way. Like what? Nice. What's her name? What's her name? Yeah, Elena. Oh, you, you might not want to say Elena. Yeah, Elena. yeah, give her a shout out. Yeah, he's a solid dude. Go for it, Elena. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Kelly. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, all right, let's see what else. Uh, okay, so being from Oregon, right, West Coast, how how do you enjoy living in New York City? Oh, I love it. I love Brooklyn. I love mm. and I love Manhattan. I, I love it. I, I love going back too. I'm trying to. So my parents live in Portland, and that's so that's basically where I'm from. Um, and my aunt and uh, other extended family lives in the mountains in central Oregon near Bend, um, okay. outside of Bend. Yep. And so it's great for us. It's like the best of both worlds. We go to L.A. to visit uh, with, you know, to commune with my wife's past. And we go to Portland and, uh, and central Oregon for different versions of Oregon. It's great. We spent oh, uh, Christmas in um, uh, Christmas in uh, right outside of Bend as well. It was beautiful. 
beautiful. And actually, I, I've been able to go back a ton this year because my dad, my dad, as I said, was in Congress and published a, a memoir called Catch and Release. It's actually a really good read. Oh. Um, and he had a little, a bit of a book tour around Oregon. And I came out, I think, four times to go to different places and hear him talk about it and see him sign the book and stuff. And uh, uh, he was supposed to come to New York um, on, on May 8th. Uh, and I was get he was going to have a reading at the Strand Bookstore. Do you know the Strand, mm-hmm. famous a giant mm-hmm. bookstore, one yes, of the biggest yes. in the world? Yeah. And I was going to interview him on stage, and uh, oh, he was wow. going to talk about the book and do some readings. And you know, everything's been canceled. So, Ugh. Yeah. but but it's a great read, and it what it it focuses on a time in politics in the seventies and eighties um, when actually even enemies could work together. I don't mm. know, it sounds like a foreign country, doesn't it? Yeah um given today's environment um so it's it's if anyone's interested in a political if anyone's interested in politics um it's it's a pretty great read called catch and release definitely all right right, one last question Uh, i guess a personal question kelly you know because you've been with your wife for a while right like you were that's who you moved to new york with yeah um you guys obviously been together for a long time and you were mentioning kind of like your guys schedule sometimes don't align so it how one? How have you you guys made it work this long? And then, what are maybe some things you do as far as like making sure you guys do have time for each other? Um, I don't know. If we have. I mean, I think we're uh, one of the things we do is uh, every weekend, um, if especially when we have when, when we've had like when she went to grad school and was only home on weekends, for instance, for a chunk of time. And um, but if we're particularly busy, we find that time we have the park we have prospect park right near us and mm-hmm. walking around it is almost exactly an hour. So we, even if we're not in the mood, walk around the park because we talk, um, when we do that, um, and we varied it now. So we walk through the neighborhood or something, but, um, that has been huge. I know it sounds sort of silly, but it's, uh, it just, just talking, finding out where you yeah. are, where you're at, uh, even if it's me talking most of the time or her talking most of the time on any given walk, it's just connection. Um, and we, you know, we've, we've rarely, she was actually at the scientist part of her scientist slash teacher part of her. She was just in Romania and Greece this last summer, um, leading a group of students. Um, uh, and that was five weeks. Uh, that's the longest we've been apart solidly like we can have days where we just see each other at night or just in the morning but that was as long as we've been apart solidly mm-hmm. for quite a while um yeah i don't know I, we don't have any tricks uh trying to make sure we talk is big and uh, and removing ourselves from the familiar house apartment environment mm-hmm. to do that is big mm-hmm. um yeah that's sort of that's the that's the thing that's our go-to tweak okay all right, good stuff. Jay, any, anything else from you? No, I'm just really, really very, very grateful that you uh, came on our show. And I just wanted to say it's, uh, you know, as a trader, I, I have no artistic talent whatsoever. So, you know, <laughs> artists, actors, musicians, I have a great respect Absolutely, uh, yeah. for, for people who do that because they sort of elevate us and take us out of our daily Mm-hmm. sort of grind and you know put us into a different place and uh-huh. uh I, and and you you take me back home so uh-huh. that that is a beautiful thing and i thank you for very much for that 
That is very kind of you and, and, uh, and lovely, uh, lovely stated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that's a word. Uh, no, that's really <laughs> kind. But also, you know, I, I, back at you because you guys, I have so much respect. My wife has a math brain, you know, and, and okay. her mother was back in the forties was one of the first women working on computers back when that was like a punch oh, cards very, and everything. Really? Oh, so very cool. I, I admire people who, who do what you who do what you do and think like you do. Um, I, I don't even think I could improv my way out of a, a, of a, a fake trade scene. So um, <laughs> it's, you know, the admiration goes both ways. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. So that concludes today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it for us. If you guys are interested in learning market profile, if you're interested in joining a serious but fun community of traders, come join JJ and I at microefutures.com. Kelly, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you and uh, anything else you'd like them to know. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, both at at Kelly O'Coin, K-E-L-L-Y-A-U-C-O-I-N 77, which is the year the my beloved Portland Trailblazers last won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I, I pretend it was the year I was born. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Oh, stuff for me. I'm I'm a Jets fan, Kelly, and they haven't done anything oh, yeah. in my lifetime. So, yeah, whatever. But you so. you hang in there, true fan. Yeah. You got to, you got to. But see, but see, that's why I do like fantasy sports because it actually gives me some interest. Because my team's always bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all perspective. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's all perspective, right? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so yeah. all right. So for Kaiser Souza. Oh, definitely. <laughs> He's Kumar. I'm Harold. Make sure you guys use stop. So. Definitely. And unless you've got a Wells Winotis with our name on it, <laughs> we are definitely not uncertain. All right. You guys have a good one.